It's the 120 Podcast. Mikey Fernelli and Benjamin Hootie coming at you live from a stormy night here in Chicago. It's Wednesday night. You're going to be listening to this one on Friday morning, but we recorded a couple days early on purpose this time. If you didn't already see it in the description of this episode, we're going to leave you hanging. Keep listening, then we'll talk about our special guest. But first, Ben, the Cubs, it seems like every episode... You and I have this roller coaster. I mean, it's really pretty ridiculous how this pattern has grown in its test yeah. tube of this fungus of this Cubs team that we can have an episode where we're riding high and then the next episode we're looking at two and seven in their last couple games since London. So Ben, Benjamin Hootie, you got to tell me what has been going wrong in the grandest scale when you look at it, what's happened since London for, for David Ross and the Chicago Cubs? The curse of Trey Mancini. How about it? You saw when they lost the first game or when they lost in, against St. Louis in London town and then they lost the first game in Philadelphia. I saw all these people commenting the Trey Mancini curse. If you would have just caught the ball, we're going to the World Series. <laughs> and I was like, hold your horses. Come on now. Don't cut the guy some slack. Like, let's see. Let's see what happens here. And then ever since then, it's just been, yeah. as you, as you put it before the show, it's been a roller coaster. Whether the offense is hot one day and the pitching doesn't want to pitch, whether the, uh, the pitching is stinks and then the offense goes cold. It's just, it's been a roller coaster ever since we were pretty, pretty, we, we were excited last week. I mean, it, yeah. we were trending in a great direction. What were we? Two games under at the time. And yep. now we're back to six. Back at square one, like we were uh, four weeks ago, whenever we recorded that episode when they got swept by Los Angeles. Oh, that was that was an all timer. If you haven't listened to that, pause and go back to that one. Because no matter how mad we are at the Cubs today, it cannot be as bad as the late night show. We were just kind of like slap happy, mad, but like slap happy, just making jokes about how bad the Cubs were. And then yeah. things things seemed to turn around for a while, and uh, and nope, nope. So. There's a lot of uh discussions now going on with the Reds continuing we talked about it last week, continuing to dominate and they're not they don't look to be slowing down at this point. They might be legit. I I think they are legit. I think we can say that the Reds are back and use it in a mm. in the correct way of using mm. the B word as I All said. right, go ahead. I might as well mute my mic. Go on your little rant. It's really not gonna be a rant, but I just you know, I think every great podcast hosts have a little bit of banter with each other yeah and i texted you two times in the last two days uh-huh. this is why we don't use the b word and i didn't get a response so i was waiting for this moment when we i was on vacation once every week no yeah i will give you that i will give you that but i but, saw your text and didn't respond yeah. it didn't matter where i was yeah <laughs> so yeah i as i said we will we will not be using the b word for the rest of the year mikey <laughs> it is banned it is Banned. That's the new that's, B word. That's the new B word. We're it's banned. No more back. Just continue to stay afloat. Even if they win their next ten games in a row, even if they beat Milwaukee, the poverty franchise that they are, we are not back. Fair enough. You were salt when I posted the how do you won't who do you won't say that the Cubs are back? It was like the fake news headline. So that I, was great. All time post I deserve, by Mikey for I deserve. I deserve that. Well, your brother would even like that one. Oh, he was, thought it was hilarious. I, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that's you're totally right. There, the funniest thing about saying the Cubs are back so often as the Cubs are back, they just scored a run against the Brewers. Hap singled to center. Talkman scored. Seiya Suzuki takes second base. Yes, we're recording this live during a game. That is so rare. But again, we have a reason. Um, but 
one other thing, really quick. Yeah, go. By the time this is posted, maybe they take three out of four against Milwaukee. Who knows? Yep. yep. And I just snuck in again that I just said they were back. So I, that could, that could be an all-time podcaster slash announcers jinx. If I just said, and they are back, the Cubs scored first in Milwaukee, and then we released this one on Friday and we actually blew it again or something, that'd be awesome. But anyway, I, I lost my train of thought. Ben, yes, the Cubs are not back, but a win here tonight in Milwaukee could – could turn the the ship around, I think, for at least somewhat the right direction. Seven games back, 23 into the deadline, and it brings up the point that I want to talk about um, here as we go. But first, I will do the quick recap as we always do. So first, after London, it was Nick Castellanos, the All-Star in Philadelphia. The Cubs lose to the Phillies in all three games. Then it was Jay Ram and the Guardians. He's their All-Star. The Cubs win game one, 10 to one. And in the fall in game two, six, zero. Cleveland again, eight, six in game three. The Brewers and the Cubs, I believe Devin Williams is their representative. I think. Uh, yep. Devin Williams. Okay. I, I pulled a Ben there. I was hoping I can do it off the dome. Uh, eight, six against the Brewers. The Cubs blew it in game one yesterday almost did it again except ian happ had a absolute cannon to get isu graduate owen miller not once but twice the valley did not run very fast they may run <laughs> deep but they but they did not run fast um and then the cubs now up one nothing against the brewers and uh yeah they're gonna take another game tomorrow i would hope and maybe hopefully we can hopefully we can win tonight and, and figure it out and do a little split or or a win ben you're giving some shout-outs to some All-Stars there. Let's also give a special shout-out yes. to our All-Stars, Bansby, Steele, and Strowman. All Strowman. super deserving in their respective positions. So, I mean, it's it, it's pretty impressive that they have three All-Stars with the way the season's going. And they're actually yeah. the only NL Central team with more than one representative. You would think that means they're first in the division, but it actually means they're fourth. So, whatever that means, but uh, take it as you will. Well, it's funny because there's so many things about the Cubs and not just like your classic like Pythagorean winning percentage. Like, no, there's like so many like actual like top three, top four stats that like you would think make for a better team. Like one of the favorites on Marquee, like I guarantee you at this exact moment at 755 um, on Marquee right now on Wednesday. And it's funny because this is going to be a Yankees episode on the back end. I guarantee you Joe Girardi is babbling about the Cubs having – because Steele's pitching. So he's probably saying something about how Steele and Stroman have, I think, the first and third lowest ERA in the NL, and they're still fourth in the division. And they always the, say it. The best starting pitching duo ERA in the league, if you were to combine your two top ERAs in a rotation, the Cubs are number one with Stroman and Steele. So – yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty confident every time that those guys go on the mound, but um, even Hendricks at this point, too, he deserves his flowers just as much as the other guys. So it's just things aren't going well in, uh, on the north side right now. And no. uh, I think we have some things to talk about with uh, the, the guy up front. Well, and that's, I think you mean David Ross, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, going into it, as I said, 23 games, I think I heard today on the radio before that deadline. And I think, okay, you know what, before we talk about buyers or sellers, I want to hear what Ben has to say because another thing we disagree on through time as we've done this show is I am arguably more a David Ross supporter, albeit I'm not going to, you know, shot it from the rooftops, but I, I think David Ross has done decently well. Uh, ben is not as much, and he even gave Skip his flowers yesterday. 
And Ben, why was that as you have a roof over your head? Yeah, I mean, everything that he said yesterday, I, I was watching the game on the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Watching with all my cousins, brothers, Woo! dads, whatever it may be. And Talkman got rang up on a strike that was just way outside the zone. I know you're on vacation, so you probably didn't see it. I was listening. That, yeah, you. they probably... Pat uh, Hughes lost Pat his Hughes mind. probably had some words, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, at that point, I was just... In my head, I was like... Dude, he's got to stick up for his players right now. He 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 genuinely does because it it's pretty it, it's disheartening that they're about to go seven games under and he's not sticking up for his players. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, I think it was the tenth, right, when Dansby yeah. came up. Mm-hmm. Dansby gets called on a strike down low, and it was only strike two, but the umpire rung rang him up. Think he lost track of the count, and at that point. Nico had some words from first, which got Mike Napoli involved. Mike Napoli, yeah. And Mike Napoli got kicked, and then Rossi right away. That was awesome. Got got right out of the dugout, stuck up for his players, stuck up for his coaches, and for me that was just really good to see because you know what, these guys do need a fire under their ass right now, and yeah, that that's what they needed. I'm not saying that's going to turn the season around, but at least it shows that David Ross cares enough about you know, getting a little fight in these guys. And then his post-game presser, which you can talk about because yeah. that was just an all-timer by Rossi. So Rossi jumps into the post-game, and they're asking him about getting ejected. And he's telling them not only was he pissed about the umpiring, he was already pissed because all game long, as we learned tonight in today's pregame, they asked him again. He said all game long, Brewers coaches and the umpires were debating closing the roof when it was perfect out. And then mid-game, in favor of the Brewers, when it was their turn to hit, they closed the roof. And, you know, to to because there was an incoming storm or whatever they said, really just to stop the shadows in what ended up being a game-tying Brewers comeback. So yeah. uh, it is I, – I think what – how Dom has been putting it on Twitter, uh, Director Morale, is second-rate Subway Sandwich Organization. I think that's what, and he's always called them second rate, but the new one is Subway Sandwich, for whatever reason. Um, you don't know the reason behind that? What? I don't. I don't. I think he just. I thought he was just it's making because, fun of Subway. No, it's because if you in Milwaukee at the beginning of the year they're offering a promo that if you bought a Subway sandwich from any Wisconsin uh, Subway chains, you got a free ticket to any Brewers game you wanted. Besides Cubs games. Oh, you know what? I have. I don't know if I've heard that exact one, but that makes complete sense. Or like the signs outside of Miller Park that parking here for night games except Cubs. Yeah. Like there's actual signs that say it. I mean, they are truly afraid of us there. I never totally understood the hate for that stadium either. I have always actually really enjoyed that stadium. But when they do silly stuff like that in the middle of the game, I've always felt that way. That's the thing. Even before I heard how mad Ross was and Pat Hughes was talking about it on the radio. I've always felt that way. If the game, unless there's a storm, if the game starts with the roof open, the game ends with the roof open. Unless there's some unforeseen circumstance. You can't just like decide in the middle of the game, hey, we're going to close it. It's a totally different game. Yeah, but the problem is, is that they keep, they can open that roof all the way if they want to, but they had it like half open yesterday. So the shadows, and I even, I even noticed it in the, when the Cubs blew the six to nothing lead on, was it Monday now? Yeah, Monday. I'm yeah. losing track of days here. Like, the Cubs offense came out firing on all cylinders at the beginning, and the shadows 
from the roof being halfway open, you could just tell that it was affecting Cubs hitters because on one side of the box, it's it's clear as day. And on the other side, it's you, you can't see anything. You can't see the ball coming at you, mm-hmm. whether you're a left-handed or right-handed pitcher. But with the way that pitchers spin the ball these days, like, you know, it's going from one side of the plate to the other. So you're seeing the ball and then you're not right away. Yeah. So either open the roof or just close the goddamn thing. It's just, it's so annoying. And yeah. Even more than that, their stadium injured Nick Magical too, who was on a hot <laughs> streak because of whatever side wall they have clipped him. Yeah. In the knee. My favorite was today on Twitter, random Cubs fans were posting the worst possible seats at Miller Park or American Family Field or whatever subway field, like they were posting like their like seat pictures, right there. People complain about poles in the way at Wrigley, but like people with like random walls in front of them and stuff, stuff yeah, like that. Like the, you're talk, I saw it. It was like the Milwaukee brewer sign was like right in front of their <laughs> section. And you, you couldn't even see the field of play. My absolute favorite um, thing about American family field. And I've, I've done this when I've been at a game now because I saw it on, I'm sure all of us have seen it on Instagram and stuff is you can just take the cup holder cover off in the seat in front of you and it still just has Miller Park on it. (laughs) All they did, all they did when they changed the name was they put little plastic American, uh, family insurance logos over the pre-existing Miller Park far superior name cup holders. I mean, yeah, I think about and. It wasn't really talked about enough when it came out. I think only really Cubs fans saw it because, you know, we love to hate on Milwaukee. But yeah. when the whole Oakland thing was going through with the stadium renovations, Manfred came out and said, you know, the next stadium on the chopping block could be yeah. Milwaukee because they need to make some serious changes or yeah. else the league is going to almost is going to push them out of Milwaukee because their stadium is not up to date as as it, as it, as it should be. Well, think about the cell. Like you and I have both been to the Sox Park in recent, like this year. Like this, like I'm not here to give the White Sox any flowers, but like that stadium is very similar to Miller Park, albeit without a roof. And like they have done so much. Like it's obvious the stadium was built in the 90s, but like they've done so much since then that it is it's cool looking. It has good food options along the side there. The outfield area concourse is cool. Like nothing stopping the Brewers except from being so poverty than making their stadium. Keeping the same charm of the Miller Park, but also upgrading it into the 2020s. Right. Like, as much as of a cheap scumbag that Jerry Reinsdorf is, and I could say that because I'm a Bulls fan, um, as much, as much of a cheap scumbag he is, he, he, he puts together a pretty beautiful ballpark, is, get, be, be it that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, as you said, great food venue. They're always changing stuff. I know people are upset about the goose going away. But you know what? They still were making renovations to that right field out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Milwaukee just needs, they need some serious changes or else, you know what? It'd be funny if they got kicked out of Milwaukee. They would have nowhere to move. They already, they already did move like way back in the day. They have nowhere to move. They're, <laughs> unless we just bombard, we could, we you know what Montreal. we could do. I was about to say across multiple sports, we could just bombard one city with like four teams at once. That would be awesome. We take like the Arizona Coyotes, the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't know. Give me any basketball team that has like no fans. And I, I don't know. We move them all to, we move them all to a city that's deserving, but then we like overwhelm them with like four teams at once. Like, Hey, Take all your hard-earned money and buy four different new jerseys. We got four sports teams for it. It's a package deal. I think I think a city like Nashville would love that. Nashville would love it, but they already, they have the Predators. We give them three, but we could do it like that. We could do it like the well, they have the Titans too. 
But we'd have to change either the Titans or the Predators' colors because I've always thought if we were to do this, because sadly I've thought about this before, and if we were to push four teams at once into a city, do the Pittsburgh thing. They all need to be the same color set. That would be awesome. Pittsburgh thing's sick. I'll it is sick. That. Yeah, it is sick. You know who else is sick? Our guest today. Well, he's not, he is not, he doesn't have like a cold, but he's a cool guy by that I mean. He's a friend of mine since I was a young man. He works in the sport now and we're lucky enough to have him on the pod at his young age of, ripe young age of 21 before he is crushing it out there in the MLB someday as an executive. So when we come back, we're going to have our first ever 120 pod guest just in time for the New York Yankees Chicago Cubs series. You're listening to 120. Welcome back to the 120 Podcast. Our guest today, Mr. Will Johnson of the Milwaukee Milkmen and Rock Tournaments in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, their tournament director and a personal friend of mine since I was a young boy. I don't know why, though, because Will J is a Yankees fan, about as diehard as it gets, comes from a family of Yankees fans. Will, I remember a story um, from when we were kids about your parents getting married and going to old Yankee Stadium multiple days in a row. Is that I, I Am I right with that? Uh, it was their ten, their their ten year anniversary. Okay, yeah. They went to um, four Yankees games in a row at the, the old Yankee Stadium. Yes. And it was like right. I remember your dad, and it was it was right before old Yankee Stadium like got torn down. It, right? it was two thousand eight. It was the last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. But Will, I, we appreciate you joining the pod here as we put this out on Friday, and the Cubs and the Yankees will take a series this weekend before the All Star break, and just before we started recording here with Will, I want to. I think we should circle back to that conversation we were having with the with the cameras not rolling because there's a lot of Cubs and Yankees crossover on both teams' current rosters. Uh, we were talking about Glaber. We were talking about Hayden Wesneski. Of course, Anthony Rizzo, Jamison Tyone, Will, Ben, one of you encyclopedias. Keep going for me. Aroldis Chapman. Um, yeah. Not, not on a current roster of either team. Yeah, but, but in the league currently, over. yeah. They're, they're um, all out there. We name Mike Talkman. Mike Talkman, yep. We named, a, we named a bunch of them. Yeah, the pride and joy of Palatine, Mike Talkman. Pride, pride and joy of Fremd High School. <laughs> There's a lot, and uh, and Bradley University, which is the rival of of Ben and I. Well, you're you're a Louisville guy, so we have at least we have the Cardinals thing in common. We do have the Cardinals thing in common. Uh-huh. We call them Redbirds though, so it's not like yeah, Cibles. yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Ben, any comment on, on, you, you, you had this smug look on your face, Ben. I wish the podcast, the, you, I wish you, everyone could see that. He was laughing at me calling him the Cardinals or something. I don't know. I just think it's funny because I'm yeah. always wondering, what's a Redbird? What is a Redbird? It, they say it's because normal's so close to St. Louis. Mm. So they, so they had to change it because they're, when people would say I'm going to the card, or going to the Cardinals game, there was confusion because for some reason a multi-billion dollar professional baseball franchise and a low D1 college have, have some kind of crossover. So, I'll uh, be young. Yeah, well, yeah, and Owen Miller, as we talked mm-hmm. about. But so, Will J, thank you for joining the show. Why don't you give us a little bit of background, real quick? I'm going to put you on the spot on uh, on your Yankees fandom. When was your first time going out there, seeing you know the guys in the pinstripes? They call them the heroes of the league. Do you remember your first game? Uh, well, my first game going to watch the Yankees, I went to a lot of Yankees Sox games before yeah. I went to New York. Well, that's where they played. Uh, it most yeah. most often, yeah. That's that's correct. So I I went to a lot of Yankee Sox games. Like we go every year, and then uh, mm-hmm. my junior year of high school, I finally got to go to opening day in New York. That's so incredible. That was that was pretty cool. So through through um the captain and a Rod and all those years when we were about seven eight years old, 
because obviously you were born right at the tail end of um, because we're the same age of of the dynasty. But then they they did it again when we were about seven, eight years old. Who was your favorite Yankee growing up? Uh, so I mean, I was a I was a middle infield guy, so I liked Robinson Cano and and Derek Jeter. Obviously, Robinson Cano has some bad context behind him now. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, I mean, big Robinson Cano guy. And then I've always been a big pitchers guy. So, I mean, Mariano Rivera and, uh, I mean, CC was my, CC was a guy. Yeah. And now, now it's Garrett Cole. So. Okay. Well, very nice. But, you know, you know, I love to talk to you, but I, we can have our conversations about our baseball watching glory days anytime. We're here to talk a little bit about the 2023 Cubs and the 23 Yankees. Although you're not giving us your best team. Mr. Judge decided to, to have a convenient injury and time to face the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you can blame Dodger Stadium and their concrete, <laughs> their, their concrete along there. You probably wanted, you probably stadium. wanted to unmute and chime in when we were talking about, uh, Nikki Two Strikes getting hurt in Milwaukee when you were thinking about that. Yeah. Well, it's not often people break their toes on a major league field. So. No, no. But, uh, in all seriousness, like what, how, how poorly does, like, how much does that affect this Yankees team as it currently stands? Like, obviously, you're missing out on the captain, on uh, an Aaron Judge and an MVP and the guy who had more home runs than anyone else in years last year. But, I mean, are you pressing the panic button right now on the Yankee season because of Aaron Judge being gone? I'm not pressing the panic button. I mean, the way I see it, like, we're, we're 10 games over 500 right now. And, like, if we if we can play 500 ball until he comes back, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. And then, so, you know, when, when Aaron judge plays, they're a 600 winning percentage team. And when he doesn't play, they're a little below 500. So if that doesn't tell you his impact, then I I don't know what does. I got to ask, give us a little bit of a scouting report. Obviously we're mostly nationally guys, so we don't see the Yankees much. We saw them last year. I think we got swept by them at Yankee Stadium, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. For, 48 and 38, if I'm correct, right now yeah. in the season, yeah. third in the AL East. Give us a nice little scouting report of what can we expect from this Yankees team without <laughs> Aaron Judge right now. Well, one second, Will. Once, please, one second. I love, I love Ben and Will, both of you right now. Like, I need to just go get some coffee as you guys go over your crazy saber metrics and your money ball because Ben goes, we're NL guys, and I'm agreeing. I'm like, yeah, I don't get to watch the Yankees enough. And Ben's like, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't watch the NL. Am I correct? Here's their exact current record in place of the division. <laughs> so Ben, Ben obviously either did his homework or knows it off the dome. I didn't know that for the record. I know they're good. Um, and I know a little bit about the Yankees and their current roster because of Will, but I strictly strict to the NL Central. But Will, now go on what Ben said. What, what's our scouting report on the Yankees? Okay, so this is a rare Yankees team where the bats are not what you look for, and uh, that's to say that their their pitching's really good this year. They're they're pitching they're they have the best bullpen in baseball by pretty much any stat you look at. Um, no all stars out of the bullpen, the best bullpen in baseball, which that's for another discussion, but. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, you know, Garrett Cole's having a Cy Young type season. Um, you guys actually, the opening day, Friday, the day this podcast gets released, we'll get to see the first start of Carlos uh, Rodon as a Yankee. Another Chicago, in, Chicago and Yankees connection, even There's though it's so not, many of them, not, not the, not the Cubs, but 
the other side of town. We don't talk about that on this podcast, but even though we we somehow always get back to them, we already have in our first segment today. But yeah, yeah. they live rent free. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, I, the the offense without Judge is uh, I would call it putrid. Good. Uh, Harrison Bader is uh, an absolute electric factory. He's he's kind of my favorite player right now. But you know, they other than that, you know, Rizzo's been real. He's been in a big slump right now, uh, and um, he started the season off so well. And you know, I thought the shift was going to help him, but not not so much recently. But time ran out on the short porch, Benjamin Hootie. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually what I remember when we started this episode. I was I saw a tweet, and it's you know the algorithm are, always knows they always know right. when you're about to do something. Saw a tweet about Anthony Rizzo. Since May 21st, zero home runs, 2.12 batting average, and 113 at bats. Not looking good right now for our favorite Italian. I think on both sides, whether you're a Yankee or Cubs fan, but yeah, just what what's going on with him? Like, what what have you noticed the difference between you know when he was hitting bombs in May and uh, late or early May and even in April? Like, what what's 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 been the change with him? Um. Well, so he had. He had a neck injury. Uh, the Tatis him, thing. Tatis yeah. injured him going back into first. So, but that was a little after the slump started. Honestly, I think it has a lot to do with Judge being out. Those those two guys are pretty pretty close at this point, and I mean Judge is kind of the anchor of that clubhouse. And I, I think all of the guy, none of the guys except Anthony Volpe have been hot lately. So good to see Anthony Volpe hot, another Italian. But. Uh, but yeah, Rizzo, Rizzo, I think it, he'll, he'll find it. He's such a great player. And right. I mean, he, he means a lot to the Yankees and obviously Chicago as well. So he, he truly doesn't give up. I mean, starting in his childhood, having cancer and into his baseball career, he does, dude doesn't give up. Like he never did, even as a cub and he won't give up. He's on a contract now for him, gives him a couple more years in New York. He'll, he'll be all right. Uh, and it, the it other gets, thing I'll add. Yeah. Sorry about that. The other oh, thing no. I'll add about Rizzo is, even if he's not hitting, I know we're getting a, a gold glove first baseman. So yes. I, I'm not I'm not uh, too worried about his hitting as long as uh, yeah no he's at first base every day. Ben, I gotta say before we get into a little Cubs uh, Yankees crossover here, what are the vibes this year with uh, a guy that just was hated by the franchise last year? But it seems like Yankees fans are starting to like him a little bit. What are the vibes with Isaiah Kiner Falefa this year? And what mm. is, what is this all of a sudden found love it feels like from Yankees fans? Well, we were promised a gold glove shortstop and we were promised a guy who it might hit 300 for us. And he did neither of those things last year. He came into this year. I said, I want him off the team. There is no chance I want him on the team. He's kind of proved me wrong. He he plays all over the place. He's kind of he's he's a lesser Ben Zobrist is what I would is what I would put him as. He he ro- he roams all over the field. He hustles everywhere. He can play everywhere. And I mean he's he's kind of kind of been a really important part to the Yankees this year. And I heard he's given Shohei a little bit of a run with his money with his wow. pitching. A couple wow. pitching appearances with zero earned runs, right? I mean that that's true. He, former former catcher has a good arm, but let's well, not let's not let's not go out of. <laughs> hey hey, Kinner Falefa is not the only position player on that Yankees roster with a 
nothing ERA and, and at least one appearance. That's true. Josh Donaldson made an appearance. Well, the other night okay, okay. And... I, you know who I meant. <laughs> I meant Rizzo, but when he yeah, was, when he was, true, when he was a cop. Um, and it, he, he had his strikeout against, uh, MV free and I believe it was the year he won the MVP as well in that COVID year. Um, and I always like to go back to that as one of my favorite Anthony Rizzo moments, but kind of keeping with Tony for a second. Will, you talked a little bit about how part of Rizzo's recent woes could be the absence of the captain and Aaron Judge. And I, I have heard that same thing, that Aaron Judge was part of the main reason he talked to Tony a little bit about, hey, you should stick around next year when, when Anthony was a free agent again last year. Um, and I heard a similar story about a, a current Cubs pitcher reaching out to one Anthony Rizzo asking what he thought about Chicago and Jameson Tyone. And let's just say the results have been unexpectedly horrible with Jameson Tyone in Chicago. It's a, it's a four year, $70 million contract. And here in year one, uh, quite easily one of the worst Cubs pitching starter performances we've seen in a, in a couple years out of Jameson Tyone. I know he has enough to figure it out, but what did you see from him as a Yankee and what, what do you think is going wrong for him in Chicago? Yeah, personally, I, I'm a big, big Jamison Tyone fan, actually. He's like a great I, dude, I, yeah. I thought I, another, another cancer survivor, as you brought up with Rizzo yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he's got the heart, but, but yeah, I, it, I think he, it, you know, with the Yankees, he was, he was really consistent. He never had a standout year, but he was always like a, you know, four ERA pit, like right at four ERA, if not a little bit below four ERA pitcher, which is, you know, better than league average. So, I, I think he'll figure it out. He's a good pitcher. He's a veteran. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think he'll figure it out. I think start, starting the season injured was a little tough for him too. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, and then I think he kind of rushed back in two and six, 6.93 as it currently stands, 14 starts and a negative 1.2 wins above replacement as Benjamin Hootie shakes his head. That is not going to add up to a good Pythagorean win percentage, Mr. Hootie. No, but I actually saw. My favorite app in the world, Twitter, even though they tried to break it on us the other day. <laughs> um, you know, there, it's kind of crazy to, as, as you were saying, like, just kind of the, all of a sudden the flip in Jameson Tyone. And I think something that maybe, obviously the injury and him rushing back is, could play a big factor, but I think something that might have actually, that might be affecting him this year is how adamant the Cubs were trying to add a sweeper to his arsenal early in the season and it really hasn't worked out in their favor at all. He hardly ever goes to that pitch now when we're seeing him pitch. So that could be a potential reason why he's not pitching as consistent as he did with the Yankees. And, you know, even going back to Pittsburgh when he was with them, you know, maybe, maybe the Cubs should never, you know, they signed the guy seeing what they, obviously the scouts saw something that they liked and wanted to add more to that, maybe they should have just let him be the pitcher he is and continue to throw that fastball as well as that slider that he had already developed and, you know, let it get get quality outs for the Cubs. So, Will, looking into this series with the Cubs and the Yankees, you and I have talked about for years getting a chance to go watch the Cubs and Yankees as, as we are good friends. I remember when the everybody play, everybody thing came out this past summer, or excuse me, this past winter, I looked immediately and if the Yankees were going to be in Wrigley Field, one, because I wanted to hang out with you, and two, because I wanted to be there no matter what the ticket was for Tony's return. 
Yeah. But, uh, that we'll have to wait for a later year, if ever, because the, the Cubs are playing in Yankee Stadium again starting Friday. And it feels like every time these two teams play, it just feels pretty special because even with everybody play everybody, these are just two of the teams in the league that, for better or worse, have had some of the richest history in baseball. I mean, the Yankees. Two of the oldest teams. Yeah. And the Yankees obviously with a lot more, uh, wins and, and glory, but these two teams, have fans that can respect each other. I'll say that when it comes to generations of people learning to be Cubs fans through their parents, learning to be Yankees fans through their parents. And I always appreciate um, when these two teams go head to head. So I'm really looking forward to it. Me as well. I, uh, it's always a good time when the Cubs and the Yankees play. I agree. Um, yeah. And so the Cubs and the Yankees will take over on Friday Saturday and Sunday, I believe. I'm trying to find the prospective starters right now. If anyone knows it off the top of their head. I know Carlos Rodon is on Friday. It's actually Rodon. It's projected to be Rodon versus Tyone on Friday. So Ooh. that'll be interesting. That'll be uh, some, some storylines there. And as we, I'm looking at it now, I'm clicking through. I know Garrett Cole will be one of the games. I'm not sure if it's Saturday or Sunday, but. So as of, as of right now, on the MLB website, they're still saying just TBD for everything. But I've, yeah, like you guys said, just. Looking at where they currently are in both teams' rotation, you can kind of assume we'll at least get that that Rodon night uh, in addition to Tyone. And I think that's that's going to be a fun series for both teams heading into the All-Star break because this will kind of cue us into the last part we want to talk about in the show. I think these this Cubs and this Yankees team both can have a common denom- denominator, and maybe they both didn't realize where they'd be right now uh, heading into the All-Star break. I mean, maybe the Yankees is more of personnel-wise, uh, losing Aaron Judge, seeing Anthony Rizzo uh, struggling, and, and seeing, in a positive note, seeing Anthony Volpe do so well. And for the Cubs, I don't know where we thought we would be, but the absolute roller coaster this Cubs team has put us on heading into the break makes me thankful for a couple days off. I'll say that. Yeah, for me, I mean, the Yankees right now, like getting getting Carlos Rodon back, it's I think huge. We you know we signed him to a seven year deal this off season, so I mean, getting getting our prospective number two pitcher back and getting him pitching in a Yankee uniform is really big. I'm I'm glad they're getting him a start before the All Star break just to see kind of what we have. I I would assume it's only going to be a you know five inning maximum start probably, but. Anything, uh, anything, I, I would do anything to see him on the mound for the Yankees, so. Ben prepped some stuff for us for our last little part here, but I'll first start, Will, I'll give you the floor, soapbox it is here on the Cubs theme podcast. Tell us why, I want to go back, why you're upset that the Yankees have so few representatives, at least bullpen-wise, in Seattle next week. Yeah, uh, you guys didn't bring this up, but the Cubs actually have more All-Stars than the Yankees do. And, um... The Yankees have two All-Stars. Actually, technically, they really have one because Aaron Judge isn't going to be competing in the All-Star game. So Garrett Cole is the lone All-Star on the Yankees, mm. which boasts the best bullpen in baseball. I, mm. That's that's not even an objective opinion. That's No, statistically. Any, statistically, they are the best bullpen in baseball, and it's not particularly close. Um, I, I guess it's because they don't have a – you know, a normal setup to their bullpen. They don't have a closer necessarily. They, they have, they have four guys with at least five saves this season. So that's a great they, problem to have. It, it is. Yeah. They, so they, you know, they, they, I, I guess it's because the, the numbers in the bullpen don't jump out to you individually, but as a collective, they, I feel they should have an all star hitting wise. I get it because the hitting hasn't been there. 
before we segue into this next segment, which out of the guys, obviously, the Yankees have a great bullpen, as you said. I've seen it on paper. I've seen the stats. But what is a guy that you think should be, like, out of all that the entire bullpen? Because there is so few spots to right. be given out in the All-Star game. Who is the one guy that should be in Seattle next week? My pick would probably be Clay Holmes. I mean, he's he's uh, he was an All-Star last year. He kind of came out of nowhere, and now I mean he's a he. I feel like he should be. He, he's a top. I don't know, top five to seven closer in baseball, probably. So at this point in time, I guess you can't call him a closer, but he does have the most saves on the Yankees. So and his numbers are very very good. So headed into the All Star break, let's keep Will on the show and go a little bit into what Ben prepared as the biggest surprises and disappointments so far basically one half in to this MLB season. So, Ben, the floor is yours. Let's start. That's the classic good news or bad news first. I'll let you decide. you want to go with surprises or disappointments first? Do we want to go back and forth or should I go surprises the entire time and then disappointments? What do, what do we want to do here? And you guys can chime in whenever you want about whoever I say. I don't know. Well, let's n- name your surprises and we'll we'll, right. uh, we'll chime in if we have any more or any input yeah. on any of your – all right, so the first surprise this year, I think probably the most surprising team in baseball, even though I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit because I might have called it before the year. Arizona! Baby backs. How about them baby backs this year? I was with and you. I was with you. Even more than that, I kind of have certain players signaled off for each team. And, you know, we heard so much about this guy coming in this year. We saw the speed last year. The bat wasn't necessarily all there yet, but this year he's a top three MVP candidate in the National League and the runaway rookie of the year in the National League as well. Corbin Carroll has just been an absolute stud for Arizona. Electric factory is what I would say. And he's on my fantasy team. I love it. But yeah, 50 and 36, uh, number one in the NL West, two and a half games above the Dodgers. It's really insane to see what they're doing. And, you know, even with the starting pitching, like they started the year off with Madison Bumgarner did not go as they ever planned it in any of the years of that deal, but just getting quality innings from guys like Merrill Kelly, who obviously the entire uh, country hated for a little bit here and probably still has <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of hate, hatred for him, but he's been, he's been a guy that they love to throw out there and just consistently throw the ball well. Zach Gallon's a Cy Young candidate and, you know, that offense likes to bang too, you know. Christian Walker, Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte's had a resurgence in the last month or so now. So baby backs have been a lot of fun to watch. They're, and I think, I think, I don't think it's going anywhere after the all-star break either. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Corbin Carroll is the Diamondbacks highest paid player. That might be correct. After he, getting his $100 million contract this offseason, I believe none of their pitchers are paid. I know that. The only one I can think of is possibly Christian Walker or Evan Longoria, but I don't Longo, know. Yeah, Longo might be up there, but I think Carroll total contract is the biggest, and it's only like $108 million. Probably should have waited a little bit, maybe a season, before he signed that big extension with them, but I think there's respect there, and he'll probably be a Diamondback for the rest of his career. Um, next surprise, I'll just stick with the surprises. Uh, Texas Rangers. What what a team that is this year. How about that? And me and Mikey have talked about Texas a little bit. We saw Texas earlier this year when uh, they actually took two out of three against them, the Cubbies did. But we were there and, for the win. Yeah. 
just that offense. I mean, look at look at who they're putting out in the in the All Star game this year. They got basically their entire uh, infield, including catcher, with Josh Jung, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, uh, Jonah Heim, who's been a surprise this year. But um, one guy I want to signal out for sure. It's probably the best bang for your buck free agent signing this entire year. Nathan Avaldi. He is former Yankee. Yeah, former Yank, former basically every team, I feel like, at this point. I mean, you forget he played for the Dodgers, Red Sox, played for a lot of great franchises. But Nathan Avaldi might be the front runner for Cy Young in the uh, in the American League. So you guys got any input on the Texas Rangers? Well, I think what's most impressive, and as they trade for Aroldis Chapman, that's going to be helpful. But they're doing most of this without, for, for at least the last couple of months without Jacob deGrom. And I think it's been at least a month, a month or two months by now, right? Yeah. Uh, where where Degrom had to quit the season early with surgery, um, a tearful, passionate quitting speech that was interrupted uh, and immediately memed by his phone ringing. If you've seen that clip, um, and I remember on the radio they, since we have Will on, it makes sense to bring this up. On the radio they were playing other sad baseball moments, <laughs> and if people's phones started ringing during it, so they had you know Lou Gehrig. Retiring and then someone's phone ringing. Uh, and it, it, it was made me laugh in a very sad way. But in all seriousness, I really feel bad for, um, Jacob deGrom. I thought that whole Rangers thing was a nice, a nice place for him to try and win in the last couple of years of what has been a brilliant career. And to see him have to quit the year early for surgery is tough to see because it's been all too often in recent years for what could have very well been the greatest pitcher in history and will forever go down as somebody who had the talent, but not the health. Uh, and that's a bit of a tangent, but this Rangers team has still floated despite this uh, and soared at that. And this Rangers team is not going anywhere as well, I would think. Uh, my one input on this, uh, Rangers resurgence, as I would call it, uh, is good one. The, the fact that Joey Gallo's off their team. So that, that probably, <laughs> that probably helped them. And then, uh, you know, giving the Yankees giving them Ezekiel Duran, who's batting over 300 and Josh. Absolutely. He's a stud. Ezekiel yeah. Duran. Well, yeah, the Yankee, the Yankees got Joey Gallo in yeah. return well, who, who batted 150 with the Yankees. And that's well, probably that's... about his career average at this point. So. <laughs> That's funny because um the I remember when when Tony and Joey Gallo both went to New York at the same time at the deadline in 2021 there was all that talk cuz for a while they were both doing so well uh and then obviously Gallo fell off but there was for like a week they were both doing really well and everyone was like the, the what do they call them like the Bronx the something Italian Bronx bombers oh, yeah. like I'm sure oh, there was yeah. t- I'm sure there was t-shirts made like I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure somebody's walking around in any given Yankees game with a Joey Gallo, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Bash Brothers, Bronx Bash Brothers shirt on somewhere, and and it's just got to be such a meme. But uh, spoken like a true Yankees fan will, to relate it back to the Rangers' resurgence being strictly because they traded Joey Gallo years ago. Not strictly, but I mean, getting Ezekiel Duran, Ezekiel Duran is batting eight yeah. for them right now, and yeah. he's, batting, he's batting over 300 with like 15 homers and playing everywhere. So I mean. Mm-hmm. If that, if that's, if that's the guy the Yankees are trading for Joey Gallo, I, uh, I'm a little disappointed. Yep. Well, hopefully the same could be true for Hayden Wesneski for us in a number of years. Hopefully Wesnasty, the sanker starts sanking and we can, we can talk about that. But, uh, hindsight will be 2020 then, just like the Cubs have made plenty of questionable trades in their time. Ben, do you have any other surprises for us or are we on to the disappointments? 
Um, I have two other, and I don't really think we need to spend much time because one team we talk about a lot, and that's Cincinnati. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. just that all basically they got four rookies batting 300 in that lineup, and that's with pretty much god awful pitching across the board. But you know what? They're they're eight games over now. I think you got to give them their flowers. Uh, they deserve it, and I th- we've talked about them the last two weeks now. So. Yep. If you if you have anything to uh, throw in their will, uh, let us know what you think about Cincinnati this year. Yeah, I mean they're just they're really young. I have a lot of them on my fantasy team. Um, yeah, they're just they're just fun. They they don't have a single guy that's playing that's over thirty except for Joey Votto, who's who's you know at the tail end of his Hall of Fame career. So right. Right, and I think it's always good to have somebody like that on the team, especially a future Hall of Famer in uh, Canadian treasure, Joey Votto. Moving on to the final surprise, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, this is a team that I think might not come as a surprise to some, but I'm going to more pick out their lineup. Uh, that's the Atlanta Braves. Uh, obviously, Mikey was – I think you were pretty high on the Braves coming into this year. You had them winning the division, but – I mean, every single guy in that lineup is having their best season of their career, and they are by far and away, I would say, the best team in Major League Baseball right now when you put it on paper with that pitching staff. But, yeah, just that lineup right now. I mean, Albies is finally coming to form after starting the season slow, and he's one of the best second basemen in the National League. Matt Olson's leading the National League in home runs. Sean Murphy, they got him for nickels and dimes from the Oakland Athletics, and he is just he's probably the best catcher in baseball this this year. You know, we talk about Riley and the contract Rosario got and even Ozuna from the Braves, uh, if you if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when I say Ozuna from the Braves? Mm-hmm. I, I, but, I do. Yeah. If you, if you look at um, – and sorry if you weren't done with your with your Braves point, but no, I, will that's, say, that's it. I will say that if the Braves – because, yeah, they are – I would think on paper they're the best team in the National League. So if they, if they don't go on – to win the World Series, although they won it just a couple years ago, if they don't go on to win the World Series, it'll be deja vu for those 90s Braves fans uh, with the 1995 World Series. And both of you are more country fans than I am, but I believe is it Morgan Wallen who has the song about the 98 Braves? 98 Braves. Yeah, yeah. 98 Braves. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's actually a good song. I remember my friend played that for me. That's a good song, and it's a great message because isn't the literal meaning of that song? I mean, it's, it, it ties into an analogy for love or some BS. But the but the act the baseball side of it, because it's a baseball podcast and not The Bachelor, is that they they were an amazing team, and then it all fell apart right when it mattered, right? Yep. They and lost. so it could you be, be you know who beat the '98 Braves, Mikey? We, we we all know who won the World Series every single year at the end of the '90s, except the one year that the Marlins did, and then the the Angels and the Diamondbacks. And speaking of the Marlins, actually, uh, that's who I was going to bring up as my surprise team. Uh, they're I I don't know exactly what their record is. I would I I my guess would be like 12 games over 500. As yeah, we speak, yeah, but, yeah. But they're I mean. They're if they get a bat at the deadline, I'm telling you, that's a playoff team. Yeah, yeah well, fifty and thirty seven right now. They go ahead, Mikey, but Well, send Luis Arias down to triple A. He's only three eighty four right now. So give, <laughs> Yeah, just, he, he just sucks. Give, yeah, give go ahead go ahead and give the MVP to Freeman already, my favorite my favorite, and send send Arias to the Jumbies over in Jacksonville. Just just get rid of him. But yeah, you're right. I honestly did not put the Marlins on this list, so uh <laughs> Bonk me as a uh, not a real baseball fan because they are truly they are they've been one of the best teams in the league this year and deservingly so. Rounded out with our disappointments. 
I actually got a lot. I know we're going mm-hmm. over a little bit, so I'm just gonna put I'm gonna put these three teams in just like a little like a little threesome. We don't have to spend too much time on them because I think the media's talked enough about them. And then I got two. I got one other that we could talk about. Okay. Um, St. Louis, New York Mets, San Diego Padres, three teams that were all in the playoffs a year ago. One of them, which was two wins away from making it to the World Series, uh, just pretty, pretty much an abysmal season. You know, it's been pretty, it's been pretty hard being a Cubs fan this year. But in retrospect, when you think about it, those three teams have not St. Louis, but San Diego and New York, two highest highest uh salary uh rosters in the league and you know they're they're struggling to even keep pace in the wild card race in the national league right now so the the, the, i think the national media covers them enough and we we you know you see it if you're on twitter or whatever but i mean you guys got any input on any of those three teams i know me and mikey have obviously talked about the the struggles of st louis but more on the new york mets and uh San Diego Padres side. I got one well, thing for Will. We've we've buried the Cardinals. Frank Fleming has buried the Mets, and the Padres are going to still figure it out. Keep going, Will. Okay. Well, as a Yankees fan, I have a lot of input on the Mets. A lot of input on those sewer rats over there. On Take the, the subway in, over. In flushing. Talk, tell us about it, Will. Well, um, you know, you hear all about Francisco Lindor and, you know, how he's Mr. Smile and, you know, all these – all these other great things about Francisco Lindor, the $240 million, whatever he is, $40 million shortstop. Francisco Lindor's batting about 230 this year with his blue hair. And, you know, Pete Alonso is, you know, he's, he hits homers. That's about all he can do. He's going to go win another home run derby probably and get his million dollar check, whatever it is. But also on my fantasy know, team for, for what, for what those guys are getting paid. Um, Pete Alonso actually has not been paid yet. Apologies, but you know, Max Scherzer and, and Justin Verlander and Lindor, all those big contracts and they're fourth in the NL East right now. And they're barely scraping by the Washington Nationals who are an absolute dumpster fire of an organization. So who are playing like major league right now. Like they're still somehow winning a decent amount of games. Not enough to be a favorite, but they're winning a decent amount of games when ownership wants anything but. Um, yeah. and that, yeah, I think, Ben, I think that's a great trifecta of teams there. Cause those are three teams that are ident- identical. I mean, those are, those are three teams all in the national league too, um, who probably looked at this NL year as a cakewalk. I mean, except for the Mets, because the East is fantastic. Um, but the rest of those teams probably were looking at, I mean, they're the Cardinals and Padres were looking at their divisions, licking their lips. I mean, yeah, the Diamondbacks, we, Ben especially knew they'd be good. I was I was sleeping on them, but like the Dodgers are, didn't have the roster they once did, even though they always figured out. The Padres are like, look at this team, man. Like we're gonna be screwed in five years, but look at this roster. And then it hasn't gone well. And the Cardinals, are you kidding? The Cardinals were looking at the NL Central like they were already ten games up before the season started. They they didn't touch the pitching staff all all winter because they just kind of figured they'd figure it out in September like they always do. And part of me is still worried they will. After the All-Star break, part of me thinks they're going to go on some crazy surge, although I think they're just a bit too far with the Reds and the Pirates being uh, sticking around as long as they have. I want to add one more team to uh, the disappointments. I The Seattle Mariners is yeah. who I, I would bring up. They're not at the same level because they're at 500 right now, but the way their fans and you know everybody in the national media 
I guess to, I guess the Blue Jays to some certain extent too. You know, every, everyone's hyping them up as the you know the young up and coming teams, and they've the Mariners more so kind of just been disappointing this year. They lead the league in strikeouts, and they have the top three strikeout players in the in the American League this year. Yeah, I had I had a I had a lot of disappointments on my list, and that was one where I didn't have the team, but I more had Julio year two. Yeah, and somehow he made an All Star game. I think it's like it's because he's it's because it's in it's Seattle. It's a little little, yeah, little, yeah. little little home cooking. Yeah, but is he gonna is he gonna do the Derby? Yeah, that's yes. why he probably yeah. got the nod because he did the Derby. But the Todd are, Father won in Cincinnati. We can we can see it happen. We'll see. We'll yeah. see it. We'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, thank you. I did. I just somehow if you had Mikey saying Todd Frazier, the Todd Father on one former Yankee. That's at some point, then cross it off your bingo card. But Ben, sorry to cut you off, my friend. No, no worries. This is the last one, and it's a it's a bigger grouping of people again. And I think it's the biggest loser of this entire major league season thus far. And it's not a team, but it's actually when I came up with this idea, this is what I wanted to talk about the most, and that is all star slash Cy Young starting pitchers. They are cooked this year. Let me let me just go through a list of guys that I have for you that are not having very good seasons at all. We talk about the two big boys on the Mets, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, uh, two Cy Young winners, two first ballot Hall of Famers, not having it this year at all. The Cy Young winner from a year ago, Sandy Alcantara, is is mm-hmm. got a 4.93 right now. If you would have told me Sandy Alcantara is the worst pitcher on the Marlins this year, which he and, is, yeah, and and they're and they're thirteen games over five hundred, you probably would have had to shoot me. No, right? It's insane. I I can't believe it. Um, Aranola, he's got a four thirty this year. Dylan Cease, even though he's been better of late, has a four ten. Um, Zach Wheeler with a four. Corbin Burns with the four. That's a former Cy Young right there. And obviously, uh, McDonald's boy himself, Alec mm-hmm. Manoa, isn't even pitching in the major leagues right oh. now. Oh, so, I, I, I didn't know if that would come up in this podcast, but I have a lot to say about Alec Manoa as a, as a resident AL East fan. I'll, I'll let you take the floor as soon as I'm done, but yeah, it's just been, it's been pretty insane to see the, the fall off that these pitchers have had. And obviously they have a whole nother, second half to turn it around and you know what probably majority of them will but you look at team success like the Mets and the White Sox to a degree with Dylan Cease and obviously the Phillies are starting to find it right now but their two big boys aren't pitching like they want to it's been tough to see because but it's been also nice because we've seen a lot of young talent like Justin Steele Joe Ryan um who else George Kirby Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan. All these guys kind of break through. Framber Valdez, obviously. All these guys kind of break through and be able to show that there is a great next wave of pitching coming. But a lot of these guys still have long careers ahead of them, and it's been really tough seeing some of the best players in the league uh, not pitch to a degree that they're used to. Ben, that was phenomenal. Great great research put into that. Um you had all the stats pulled up and everything. I was just giggling at you about halfway through because when when you got – I knew that's what you want to talk about the whole time through the segment. So when you got there, you leaned back a little bit. This is where I wish we had 
the video on for these podcast episodes. Someday we will, but he leaned back a little bit in his chair with his finger up. He looked like Brian Windhorse on first take. He's like, what's going on with AL and NL Cy Young candidates? And he like went over thinking, the whole I was, stats. I was so ready for Alec Manoa. You don't even yeah. understand. And it was like, do you guys know what I'm talking about when he was on like first take talking about the Utah Jazz? Oh, yeah. He like leaned oh, back. Yeah. What's oh, going yeah. on in Utah? Like that was yes. Ben just now. Yeah. It's like, he does a whole with the baseball in my hand. Yeah, I was he's, doing he's messing with the baseball in his he hand. He has the like, major league baseball yeah. in his hand. Wow. Yep. I saw that. Yep. He's got 15 minutes before that of us talking about surprises and disappointments just to lead into. And it's, and I should say just because it was good content, but it was like, and then Ben's like, all right, now I'm up to the, up to the plate. It's not a team. It's a collective group. <laughs> and the, cr- the crowd lost their mind. The, all the listeners at home, if they're listening in the car, they just stepped on the brakes. Ben, he almost made me crash. Ben, who, Ben Hootie was saying that the AL Cy Young or NL Cy Young candidates are the biggest disappointment of the season. This but he's is, probably right. He's probably right. This is the kind of segments we do where I love to flex like my national baseball knowledge because obviously mm-hmm. we're on here talking all NL Central, all, all Cubs, all, all day. Cubs, like uh-huh. you know, just being so disappointed. But then there's times where I can you know flex my muscles and be like. Yeah, what's going on with Sandy Alcantara? What's going <laughs> what? on over there in Miami? What about uh? What's going on in Utah? Why did just Why is Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer taking up half the Mets payroll? Ben and I doing an all baseball podcast would probably be a really bad recipe because we'd go three and a half hours uh, once a week. So <laughs> I wouldn't be here to wrangle you guys in for the for when we uh when we get a little bit off the rails. But no, it was great having you on, Will. Uh. We're going to have to do this again at some point, maybe in time for the World Series next year, whenever the Yankees and Cubs play again. Um, but we will, we will definitely have you on again sometime soon. Good luck for the rest of the season with your job up there in Milwaukee. And, uh, I'm sure I'll see you sometime soon, uh, us being close here in Cary. But Ben, this is your first time meeting Will J. Is, is he invited back to the, to the 120 barbecue? Oh, for sure. Let's, all right. First guest that it, it was awesome yeah. to have you on. It was awesome to have a now very knowledgeable baseball mind. I could tell that you're definitely going to go places one day. And absolutely, yeah, this it, is a it, fact. This was a lot of fun. Thank I, you. I, I had yeah. a lot of fun on this episode. This thanks is a for, fact. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, didn't expect to uh, be going on a Cubs podcast before <laughs> I went on a Yankees podcast, but uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate it, Mikey. Always uh, good to good to yeah. talk anything, but go, always good to talk <laughs> baseball with you. <laughs> Well, we, we've talked about, and we'll end the show like this. Ben and I have talked about on different episodes towards the end when we always go off the rails a little bit about potentially firing up the, uh, headsets at some point in the winter to talk about the bears, do like a bears episode or two. Um, and I know you're a bears guy, so we'd love to, we'd love to have you on I'm again maybe for guy. that. We'd love to have you yeah. on maybe for that. But, uh, until then, go bears, go cubs and, and a big series starting tonight. Cubs and Yankees from Yankee Stadium, one of the temples of baseball. Go cubs.